Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sanderlanch podcast. Today, we are discussing the Alloy of Law, chapters 6 and 7. We're in, there's a big old gun battle, and a bunch of people die, and then there's a, a Marisai perspective chapter where yeah, things slow down a little bit, and we have some discussion about uh, the Vanisher's evil plot. So I am Data, and with me is... Joe, Jamie, and Dak. Yep, Jamie's back. Everyone can celebrate, listen again. Uh, <laughs> hang on to something, everybody. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. The streets spin shimmers and the walls they curl. The grip of greed, it rains. There's just one track to lead this moving train. you guys think we got we got a big action set piece which you guys had said you were expecting to come up you're like it's got to happen come on this is a mistborn book right we gone too long without some action so uh how'd you like it what'd you guys think of these two chapters yeah uh it was good it was uh, satisfying i really enjoyed the battle i liked the different ways that the alimantic powers are and can now be used to combine and the ferrochemical powers along with them the gunplay aspect honestly was probably the more boring part to me I like the changes that Alamancy and Ferrochemi allow them to do with gunplay, but I'm more interested in Wayne as a fighter than Wax, uh, even though Wax seems to be somewhat of a more intelligent fighter, just because he's not relying on, on the on the guns. I'm still feeling kind of weird about Marisai. I feel like she's being forthright, but at the same time, I feel it. I still feel like there's something that she's hiding, but then we got a perspective from her. So now like, I'm less sure about that. So I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one for me to, I feel like there's still another layer there. We haven't been able to get peeled back yet. And that's kind of what I'm more interested in at the moment, but yeah, it, it, it ended up playing out similar to what I thought. I, I almost wish there was like a direct chase, but I guess they have to kind of build towards getting the bad guy. So uh, I, I totally get it. And then her coming to see him, it was it was an OK chapter. Her perspective was interesting and unique, but at the same time, I feel like it wasn't super necessary. Like none of the dialogue in it was like super like I kind of figured out most of what they were talking about before they were talking about it. So it's not like uh, except for the aluminum alloy thing that's probably the only interesting thing that came out of it so yeah that's uh i, I enjoyed him overall but i'm ready to move on and read the next part for sure yeah it, it's kind of funny because back when they the aluminum bullet was first introduced i think it's dak who's like i don't know that an aluminum bullet would actually work that well but whatever and now we get into this discussion where it's like yeah alum, just an aluminum bullet probably wouldn't work that well this turns out to be some sort of ally ally alloy or something <laughs> yeah so i Really liked the fight scene. I sort of agree the last chapter was a bit... Mm, it was a very different change of pace 
I guess, from what we'd read before. I also really enjoy watching how the ferrochemical abilities work with the allomantic abilities. I think that makes it a really cool fight, and I'm glad we got to see a lot of that in action. I'm also really interested now that we've had a perspective for Marisai, because I wasn't sure we were going to go down that path, because it's pretty much, I think it's all been waxed up until this point, to maybe get a Wayne point later. I just, I would really be interested to sort of see the world through his eyes. It was interesting for me, like, how I'd kind of built wax, like, we've been hearing his internal monologue to then have someone else come in and then get their interpretation of him was a bit different. I guess it's because he's sleep deprived in this chapter too, but I feel like he sort of came across a lot more bubbly than mm. I was expecting yeah. for him too. But also, I mean, Marisad's kind of got a little bit of a thing for him, I think. So it's, um, yeah, how much is sort of are we seeing because we want to see it, like or she wants to see that. I don't know. But I, it's, I liked the change of perspective because it kind of pulled you out a little bit. I Like the chapter in itself I was not too concerned about. But, yeah, I just I, I appreciated that sort of jolt out of it after, you know, so long in the ball. I think overall it was, what, three chapters in the ballroom? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, all of yesterday's was in the ballroom as well. So, yeah. and some cool information that came up in there too. I, I, I kind of liked that whole that whole thing in the ballroom, how it played out. I got to say, when they were talking about in the last chapter, the genetic abilities, just before it got to the line, I was like, oh, they're going to come up with their own breeding program. And then it was like, oh, they're going to breed them. I was like, oh, well, there goes my prediction. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I've got it. Oh, they've got it too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but good read. Uh, Good to see. Oh, I'm excited to see where it goes next as well. And you yeah, keep in mind that it is a shorter book too, so we are getting through it quite quickly. How right. how big is this thing gonna go? Yeah, exciting stuff. I think it's interesting that you ha- you said that about wax seeming different because I I've read this one a lot of times. When I go back and I want to reread a Mistborn book, it's often this one. Big, even though I like The Final Empire is my favorite one, but it's a lot longer than this book. So if I want to read a quick book, I'll be like, I'll go read Alloy of Law again. That's a fun one. And I, this may be yeah. the first time that in reading it, I was like, Wax really does seem different from her perspective. Like he's bubbly was a good word. And I I, I thought yeah. he seemed kind of a little wackier, like a little sillier. And I'm like, I guess from his perspective, he's like, I'm the serious one. And Wayne is the weird one, like the the, the wacky one. But Wax maybe has, has yeah. a little bit of that, too, that he just doesn't bring out in his own perspective. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I was going to say, because you missed uh, the last one, but. There's a reason that we don't get another perspective up until this Marisai chapter, and it's because I was t- I told him in the last one, when Brandon was originally writing this, the big fight was where the story ended, and Wayne was actually the main character of that story, and it was like this this he was a hat maker, and there's this wacky thing with like the hat this crazy hat maker coming into town on a talking horse, and there's this big fight, and it's the end, and so obviously that changed a lot since then. But it still had – everything was from the one perspective because that was the, – the whole story was from that perspective originally. And so when he gets past that original set of chapters that he already kind of had worked up, now we start bringing in the other perspectives. Yeah, okay. I kind of – I sort of liked not having that perspective until now because I feel like now it kind of organically opened that up. We didn't really know enough about her as a character 
when we were reading Elantris, we got the three viewpoints straight away, mm-hmm. regardless of whether they had anything interesting going on. And I felt like I was a little bit forced, like the more I think about it. And then Mistborn, you kind of got people's viewpoints when it was relevant, but we still off the bat, I think we were Kelsier and Vin pretty mm-hmm. quickly. But now after we've had that and we know a bit more about her and obviously what she's studying and all that sort of stuff, I feel like now is an appropriate point to have her viewpoint come in. So I, I actually thought it was really good timing. You wouldn't have wanted it any earlier, I don't think. Well, and you guys got to be suspicious of her motivations for a while. And now, like Joe said, you, you, you could still think that she's hiding something, but it's a little harder to think that she's like secretly evil after getting inside her head and seeing what she's thinking. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I don't know, man. It's like, wouldn't be the first time the narration has lied to us, Quan. Mm. Yeah, no, like I, I, re- I really like this chapter. Is that entire gun battle? I spent the entire thing just going, oh, this is great. Like I agree with a lot of what Joe said, but uh, like the like a hard disagree is like all the gunplay stuff. I'm just like, oh yeah, this is cool. I could watch Wayne pushing bullets through tables all day, and I would be happy. That was like wax, wax. Yeah, <sighs> stupid W names. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, just like, I, I was just enjoying the the fight scene all the way through how they put their powers into into play, how he how he's using his abilities to, like, f- like fling up a barricade and then jump behind it and just ambush them. And then they're scrambling to load their um, aluminium bullets. And it's like, oh, no, we don't want to waste the expensive bullets. And that's what got them killed. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the, ent- the entire battle, I'm just like, yep, this is great. Not so fond of the sort of cliche lawman who's just like, oh, you can't do that in my town. <laughs> um, but I guess it was probably bound to happen given what we've already established about the city. When it first popped up that like, he's squinting at the leader and thinks, is that Miles? I'm like, all right, I know I've heard that name, but I flipped back through the book and I could not for the life of me find where it was uh, mentioned. It is when Wayne shows up and he's like, who's your leave in charge of like taking your town? You could have at least called Miles. And then Wayne's like, Miles, he's a right, horrible human being, mate. He'd rather okay. kill him, kill a man than figure out if he's guilty first or something like that. Uh, OK, yep. Cool. So. All right. I want to see where that goes. I want to know more about Miles if it is him, because, you know, Wax still wasn't entirely sure. Like he thought, oh, he's dead. It can't be. It can't be Miles. And then another oh, body's gone. Maybe it is. So I guess simplistically we have to go. Right. Well, it probably is. So we need to learn more about that guy. And I just think Miles is a really good bad guy name. So cool. <laughs> Miles um, Prower. No, he's not a bad guy. Never mind. <laughs> so that was all good. Yeah. The the chapter from Marisai's perspective is like, oh, yeah. Like it, it was. It was fine. Um, I saw wax's bubbliness and i'm just like is this because he's actually just invested in like being the like doing the lawman stuff and that's what he's been trying to isolate himself from and now he's getting back into it he's just opened up a bit more as a person Mm. but i guess it could also be just a hey from his perspective he's not nearly from someone else's perspective he's not nearly as um serious as he seems to think he is i i'm a little bit bummed that we're going the oh this woman loves him but but he's jealous because he's marrying another i'm like oh is this something we really need mm-hmm. like it's, it was the same when you know oh Rathan was in in love with Sereni last time I'm like did you need that really <laughs> but I guess that came that came at the very end of the book and we saw where it led so it's it's easy to say that whereas this might actually play a greater part in the plot so we'll see where it goes 
but yeah, like that chapter as a whole just really seemed like a uh, like just you know catching the reader up on some things as the characters figure them out. Just it seemed a bit, a bit spelling out, I guess. Mm. So yeah, we'll see where that goes. I I don't get the butler. He seems just like a. You know, he did. He doesn't approve, but then he's also being the confidant, and and just like when he when he brings Marisai up, he's like, "I'm sorry, the Lord cannot see you in the sitting room. Oh, he has advised me to bring you to his lab. Oh, I'm like, is that actually how he put it, or are you just trying to be like, are you just <laughs> being a smart ass to the guests? It's it, that seemed for for someone who's like meant to be set up as like the dutiful guy, like that seems <laughs> a very odd way of putting it, rather than just going. Hey, he'll see you in the lab. How I kind of took that was he was rea- he was testing her reaction to see like how if if there is something kind of going on that he should be aware of. And when her reaction was like, oh, and he's like, then he's like, oh, got her. <laughs> okay, like, yeah, I've, I can see. I've clocked her. I I know what she's in here for. Okay, I thought, yeah. it, was, I, I, I I thought it was just him, like, this is him expressing his disapproval of what's happening. He's could, like, I can't, could be that too. I can't really say anything, so I'm just going to mess with them. <laughs> Delorme, you are not paid to be a dick. <laughs> he's, 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 a couple times he's done some important work getting Wax back on task to actually run the house instead of messing around. So, mm. turning his keep, probably. I don't know. He's got a weird attitude. Yeah, we don't know what his relationship was with, like, Wax's uncle, like, how they interacted and how long he worked for him, so... Mm. They were Who lovers. Knows? Yeah. <laughs> lovers in the nighttime. Damn. Women get the coachman, Daytime. men get the butler. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, like, the in the nighttime thing is something they say a bunch in Psych, and I was watching some Psych episodes not long ago, and I'm like, I don't know why that's the way that he says that every time, but it's funny. Yeah. I, I went and watched the first uh, Yang episode the other day. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, okay, okay. I guess let's get into these chapters. Chapter six starts out with the fight. It's the whole thing is the fight. But at the end of the last one, we ended with they were in the speed bubble and Wayne was going to drop it. And it was like, let's do this thing. Very action movie uh, sort of moment. And this one starts out. He drops the bubble and they go to work. And so he wax starts out like he says at the end of the chapter, he's like, I'm going to try to make some room. You can catch a ride if you want. And I don't know how it, it, it went exactly how you guys pictured from what that what, what he, when he said that, but it was a weird statement to me the first time I read it. I'm like, you're gonna how, how are you gonna make some room? But oh, okay, now I get it. I think it the was, only reason it wasn't was because Wayne had suggested something similar before they had decided to do it. Yeah. And so uh, Wax starts out by taking out the guys that he sees with shotguns, just like one one shot, one kill every time. Like bam, dead, bam, dead. He's like, the shotguns aren't super dangerous to him, but they would be the most dangerous to all the bystanders. So that's the ones that he focuses on. And he says, like, the smart thing to do would have been to crouch behind a table and just continue to fire so that it takes everyone a minute to figure out where the shots are coming from. Because now some of the bandits who haven't noticed what he's doing have already they're like opening fire. So his shots don't necessarily draw attention from the entire group right off. But that's not the plan. He stands up and he flares his steel and taps his iron metal mine to become much heavier and like pushes out in all directions. So people with wearing metal, the the tables based on the screws and bolts in the tables and chairs, everything is just like pushed out in a circle from him. So he makes a big empty space for himself. And Wayne jumps onto a table and rides it towards the edge of the room. 
And that's when they start shooting at him. Like, oh, wait, something's going on. It's that guy. <laughs> it's that guy. He's tinsel on a tree. Okay. Um, <laughs> I started – that girl is on uh, the Peacock streaming thing, and it, it's been, like, since the 90s when that was on, like, TV land that I watched that show. So I started watching the first episode <laughs> randomly the other day, and I was like, this is not great. And I didn't finish the first no. episode. <laughs> is that one of those shows that really didn't age well? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I maybe I don't know that it's about the age. It's a little bit about the aging, but it's just like <laughs> it's like age. Well, it wasn't good to start with. Yeah. It's just not that interesting. I've I've seen episodes of it. Like, there's nothing. There's no hook. Like, I'm not grabbed by anything that happens in those show in that show. In my mind, it's it, like in my memory, it's like on par with the Mary Tyler Moore show. But I really like the Mary Tyler Moore show, and this I don't like this one as much. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So let's see. He starts shooting some bandits. I like he spreads his arm and arms and spins and shoots four people while he's just spinning around. This is this is like some ridiculous action movie shit that uh, he's pulling off here. And then someone starts yelling, use your aluminum bullets, because he's still managing his steel bubble is still managing to deflect pretty much all the gunfire that's coming his way, which is impressive, given that he's in the middle of the room killing people and everyone is shooting at him, basically. Yeah, if they'd cast this movie in the 90s, it would have been, like, early 90s, it would have been, like, Bruce Willis. For some reason, I'm picturing, like, Jet Li, like, the one Jet Li, which doesn't make any sense, but in in this scene, that's what I'm picturing. Okay, so, finally, uh, after someone yells, start shooting him with aluminum, he goes ahead and grabs some cover. <laughs> he says, oh, get your aluminum bullets, like, oh, that one's smart, better kill him. Yep. It, yeah, after the guy yelled that, he fires two shots into his chest, and he's like, okay, good. Rule number one, kill the smart bad guys. Right? Yeah, take out the leader. Mangalores won't fight without the leader. So I like the note. He's like, it seems I'm I'm in luck. Apparently, based on the bandit leader's curses, the men were already supposed to have aluminum bullets loaded in at least some of the chambers. But shooting aluminum was like shooting gold, and the bandits apparently uh, wanted to go ahead and save those and not end up accidentally shooting them. A guy, I like the guy jumps out and aims his pistol at Wax, and Wax uses his power to like shove the pistol back in the guy's face and then shoots him <laughs> in the chest. That was so cool. Oh, there's so many cool little moments in this battle. There really are. And I'm not going to hit all of them, probably, but there are just a lot of fun little... Uh, like, when he hits... He does the same thing that we saw him do in the in the prologue, where two, two bandits ju- jump behind a table, and he's like, okay, let me just take aim and then push on the bullet to give it some extra oomph and kill them right through the table. And then he's got his third gun. Remember, he started with two. The third gun strapped to his calf. Not a large caliber, but a long barrel to make it precise. Which I think that's a note that just needs to be reiterated here is that he seems extremely, like, extraordinarily accurate. It mentions, like, one guy that he has to shoot twice. He's just, like, bam, 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 taking these guys out so fast and so accurately. It's impressive. Yeah, I almost wonder if he, like, slightly pushes on all his bullets to get mm. them to be more accurate or something. I've wondered that, too. I mean, if you could, then you probably would, right? I, yeah, I definitely would. Yep. And then we see Wayne across the way. Since he uses these canes, apparently his tactic is he'll get close to a guy, bring up a bubble, fight him one-on-one, and then drop the bubble again. And that prevents the rest of the group from getting a good aim on him because by the time their bullets get to where they're shooting them, he's moved within the bubble. Instead of shooting at where I was, you still should have shot at where I was going to be. <laughs> it's cool. It's a cool tactic. I Visually, I see it like being similar to to like a nightcrawler bamf type thing it's like yeah. they yeah. 
disappear for a second and then they reappear and he's and the guy's down. Yeah. And he's moved a little bit. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Uh, let's see. So the guys, the bad guys finally get their aluminum in and start pelting him with aluminum bullets. And he's like, OK, I guess I'll drop my bubble. It's kind of useless at this point. I feel like maybe keep it up just in case somebody is not using the aluminum. But whatever. That's 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 me. Also, it would have been really cool to have Ben, De- ben Deloy in uh, the original Mistborn trilogy. Right. Like how how much might that have changed things if uh, Vin can put up like a speed bubble? No. Uh, pretty sure it would have changed things for the worst because all the inquisitors would have been able to do it <laughs> oh that's, that's true. true yeah you know it'd be really it would be interesting to see though like um like if she combined bendeloy with like duralaman would that like right. make time stop for like a long time or like what would happen you know well and even without that i mean it, it, multiple people like multiple misborns being out there raises the question of what happens if like you put up one and then the other person puts up one are you like increasing it by a factor of you know how how fast time is moving or does yeah. it do nothing like it, yeah, there's all sorts of questions it out. yeah it's interesting yeah well the thing i've wondered since we found out what wayne can do with these time bubbles is is he aging at a normal rate in those is like mm. is he is he gonna mm. be like have the body of a 60 year old man by the time he's 40 because he's been <laughs> using these time bottles so much or he can like, also or, heal so maybe that helps uh does healing yeah, maybe the aging process Oh, okay, that's fair. I mean, according to X-Men logic, it does, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not not in Mistborn, though, because we know that he had to use Adium to, like, get younger, right? So... Yeah. Mm. Uh, Okay, so there's an interesting thing that I wanted to pull out of the annotations at this point, because he he talks about how he likes being able to, you know, do the combination of these powers that we were talking about, Ferrochemy and Alamancy, and he likes to have, you know, scientific backing for, like, the things that he's doing, so he wants the powers to work in a scientific way, basically. But at the same time, he's like, he says, I acknowledge that like weight manipulation aspect of ferrochemy is one of the more baffling powers scientifically. Is he changing his mass? If so, he should become more dense, which I actually don't make the case because then if you became heavy enough, you'd be impervious to bullets because you were so dense. So that you know, that takes a whole road that he doesn't want to take. So he's like, okay, so if it's not mass manipulation, is it somehow gravity manipulation? Which, again, not really, because when his weight increases, his strength and ability to uphold that weight increase as well. So, and he can't make himself so light that he has no weight at all. So the point being, at some point, when you look at it too much, the ability to explain it scientifically breaks down on some of this stuff. So he's like, I have to set boundaries for you know, if, if I can't figure out scientifically a way that it works, then he's just within his own mind has to set boundaries for within the world. This is the limit of what you can do. And then just accept that it's going to be a little bit irrational sometimes. And the reason I, I even bring it up is because he then says, don't even get me started on what should be happening scientifically when Wayne speeds up time. <laughs> it does bring into question, like, there should be like red shift happening or blue shift, depending on how you're looking at the bubble. And there should like. Because light's going to be changing speed, right, as it passes through there. So there's a, there's a bunch of weird shit that when you look at, like, time manipulation that would be happening here. And he's like, nope, just ignoring all mm. that. Yeah, they just the disappear the and nobody can see them because they're moving too fast. At the end of the day, it is fiction. Yes, it's great yeah. to have some kind of scientific ideas in the background of how it works. At least you've got some plausibility to it. But at the end of the day, it is it is fiction. Yeah, you got not real. Can't actually swallow metals. <laughs> and get them these like, don't try this at home, kiddos. 
Yeah, especially not with Bendeloy. Apparently that's like poisonous just to touch, if I remember reading the article correctly. So don't do that. <laughs> All you kids who might get your hands on Bendeloy just at the corner store, don't don't eat it. <laughs> and who had the idea in world to be like, hey, the super poisonous metal, let's see if this one is alimantically. <laughs> let's take a bite. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, how much of like figuring out the alimantic metals was uh people getting drunk and just like, ah, let's just see what this one does. And the thing is, without Mistborn, it's even less likely that, like, any given metal would be useful to you, because you're, you, at best, you might have one of 16. So, you're, it's really a, a dangerous proposition. Yeah, well, maybe maybe they left, maybe they know all the metals now. Maybe Harmony left the book, Sazed left the book with all the metals in it. No, actually, that in his book, at the end of the last chapter, he's like, oh, and by the way, there's a couple medals left. You're going to be interested when you find out what they do. Oh, uh, that's true. Uh, Magical okay. powers or lead poisoning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, apparently lead doesn't do anything, so you're going to – anyone who tried that. Yeah. Uh, but this is also when Wax figures out the, the, the voice. He's like, wait, Miles? The thought was a shock. But then Marisai screams and he gets distracted immediately. So maybe, you know, not Miles. Who knows? Marisai has gone limp as Tarson is trying to drag her out the door. And he has his his gun shoved, like, up to her ear. And she knows that she's not just a random hostage, that they want her specifically. So they're not going to shoot her. So she can make herself difficult and know that him, like, oh, I'm going to shoot you if you don't move, doesn't actually mean anything. Or at least she hopes that that's the case. I also like that this this gun he had strapped to his ankle he loaded it specifically with bullets designed to lodge in wood to give him an anchor to push on. Like that makes a lot of sense given his power. That's a smart move. Then he has a moment where he leaps onto a serving platter and like surfs it or something across the room. Uh, now, now I'm feeling like Jackie Chan, like this is the, the wacky Jackie Chan stunts, like rush hour with the steering wheel. And See, that one made me think of um, Orlando Bloom in the two towers. Uh, when he tosses, he tosses that shield down the stairs and rides it like a surfboard. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Orlando Bloom in, like, the second Hobbit movie where he's just jumping around. Yeah, exactly. In the ridiculous river scene. And so he he's heading for Marisai to try to save her. He, as he, like, gets to where he's going, he flips the platter up and uses it to block some bullets that are coming at him. And then tries to push Tarson's gun away from Marisai. Except there are no lines pointing to Tarson's gun. He has an entire gun made out of aluminum, which Wax was not expecting. And then as he wants to take a shot at him, he hears Marisai whimper and he remembers Lessie again. And he's like, I can't do it. I've done the shot like a dozen times. I can't do it. And when Tarson realizes Wax isn't going to shoot, he smiles and swings his aluminum gun to shoot Wax. And that's when Marisai gives him a headbutt in the chin, making his shot go wild and gives Wax the chance to put him down with a shot to the arm once she's clear. And then as he's uh, he grabs Marisai shoots the masked bandit leader in the face and the guy collapses and he's like, okay, well, yeah, that can't be miles. Then miles would never fall into a mere bullet. He is a twin born of a particularly dangerous variety. Okay. Any ideas like what miles is twin born dangerous. Interesting. Well, if he's been shot and he went down and then potentially picked himself back up again, like you, you'd assume that, all right, is that some sort of healing thing, or would he have? Would, is it? A, does he have the shield like the wax can do? Or I'm gonna say, know. go ahead, Dak. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just spitballing this point. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna say he's a pewter arm, and he can 
He's a pewter arm, and he can, like, conserve strength and use it. So a double so, pewter? Yeah, which would make him, like, you know, mm-hmm. it would make him near invulnerable, like, skin-wise, you know? Wee. Hmm. Interesting. Because if he could conserve strength, but then he could also burn to give himself more strength, then he could have, like, potentially an unlimited well of strength. Yeah. And we do know that that increases, like, uh, your body's durability also. So, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon you're onto something there. I don't think it's going to be anything that we've already seen. It's got to be something. Oh, something new. I think, like, not to say new to, uh, like, the world, but new to, like, we know two twinborns at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be something like that replicate. I think it'll be a different okay. combo. But I like the idea of the pewter just be really strong. I mean, there's... We, we we know what one new metal does allomantically, but if there's four new metals, like, we're still missing three there. And okay. we're still missing what all four do in ferrochemy. We have no idea what kind of crazy stuff Bendeloy does when you're a ferrochemist. That's, uh, you that's use it, right? So yeah. who knows? Because it, be, it wouldn't have to be tied to time. It could be something completely different. Yep. Mm. Kind of like how iron is weight manipulation and in allomancy it's pulling. They're not really similar. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Dak. Did, did you have something that you wanted to guess after your spitballing? Your thoughts? No, no. I'm, I'm just like right. the hamster is uh, is spinning the wheel <laughs> in my head and not coming up with anything. So, fucking okay. hamster. <laughs> uh, get in shape, hamster. Spin faster. Okay, so uh, it, Tarson is rolling over. Wax is like, no time. Gun's empty. Drops his gun and pushes off of the gun into the air. A hail of bullets flying through the space that he just left, and unfortunately missing Tarson, who's still rolling around on the floor. He pushes off a chandelier in midair to get him and Marisa up onto one of the balconies, where the magi- the magicians, the musicians are still cowering. That'd be interesting. You're like, musicians on one side of the room, magicians on the other side of the room. This would be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be the best wedding ever. <laughs> I was picturing like some poor hapless music, like magician is just cornered by the bandits and he's like, all right, fine, time to pull a Tommy gun out of my hat and just pops them all. <laughs> nice. Or he's just like, uh, I can, I give you guys my cape. It's, uh, it's got real, uh, it's got real silk. That's all I have. <laughs> I swear. As he's, he's hiding pu- everything in his hat. He's pulling like the string of scarves out of his sleeve and sets up a tripwire with them. He's like, I've got a. <laughs> Got a hat full of milk, but I don't think you want that. <laughs> he, he pulls a bunny out of the hat, and the bunny has a gun. He's actually yeah. a magician that took one hat. <laughs> so that's why Wayne wants his hat back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, I like I like how I'm setting up this whole thing as of a magician like being a total badass, and Joe's like the flip side. The magician is a total loser. Yep. Yeah. He's just Sorry. like, um, guys, I I just do illusions. Magician is Rambo over here, but uh, so okay. So he he saved Marisai now, and she's like, "Oh, thank you, thank you." He's like, yeah, "Don't don't mention it. That was really brave what you did, stopping the bandit like that." And she's like, "Yeah, seven out of ten kidnappings can be foiled by appropriate resistance on the part of the target." And then she's like, "I'm sorry, I, this is all just very unsettling for me." <laughs> yeah, it would be so. At this point, too, I was like, "Oh, don't be the person that always responds with some kind of fact." <laughs> yep, you're smart. This is what you study. Please don't let this form who you are. <laughs> she's, she's statistics lady. It'll be great. Yeah, I mean, in stressful situations, if that's what calms you, then that's totally fine. I'll allow you that, but just don't be that person all the time. I, I want to write a book now where the hero is the, the guy who knows all the statistics. 
that he's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to save the world through statistics. It'll be great. That's I guess that's basically like numbers. That show. Which I, like I do love show. JK. Yeah, it's a great show. Uh, anyway. Of course, uh, Data, king of statistics, wants the main hero to be a guy who's super Damn it, you baby to it. <laughs> hey, uh, how about those listener statistics? What do you got for us this week, Data? Okay, if you insist. Hold on. No, I, I was making fun of you. I don't want to actually hear that. Oh, that's sad. Because now you're gonna. Oh, my gosh. I mean, if you've got statistics ready to pull out, that's impressive. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you got them there, uh, I guess I'll listen to it. <laughs> I didn't have them up, but now I have them up. I, I it, it took me that long to log in. So you let's know, see. But now you know. In the month of February, we've had 108 downloads in Texas, 296 in California, 122 wow. in Massachusetts. Massachusetts and uh, is number two this month. Wow. In the U.S., let's see. In Australia. No downloads from the Northern Territory or South Australia. Six from Western Australia. Seven from Queensland. Oh, hey. Uh, 37 in New South Wales and 28 in Victoria. 37? (laughs) Uh, And worldwide, it's the U.S., the U.K., Canada, and then Brazil, and then Australia in the top five for this month. We're not representing very well, are we? Didn't we get beaten by New Zealand one month? I think that was a thing, yes, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, and then Australia, after Australia, is Germany and Mexico and India. So I like it. It's like the top three are English-speaking countries, and then there's Brazil, and then there's back to Australia for the <laughs> other, another English. They just, uh, you know, Brazil, they they enjoy it. It's it's all good. Didn't you say Bran's really popular there? Yeah, so actually, he does have a big following, so hmm. makes sense. Uh, and I, I also posted on uh, Reddit this week because that was when our first Alloy of Law episode went up. So it's like, hey, everybody, we're reading Alloy of Law. So we got a little bump off of that, not like a big one. Cool. Anyway, so fun times. Joe asked for it. That'll teach him. Oh, no, I've learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so they're up on the balcony and he hears people coming up the stairs. And so he pushes the giant harp into them and, like, crushes them in the stairwell. <laughs> Oh, gosh, that's awesome. And then he takes their guns. I guess you could call this music heavy metal. <laughs> oh. I don't know why he had a weird accent. But... <laughs> yeah, he's driving or something. Or... I, mean, I hate it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> heavy metal. Uh, so, yes, then he's uh, he's like, hey, do you know how to use a gun, Marisai? And hands her a pistol. And she's like, I don't. He's like, no, it's fine. Just point and shoot. And he's going to go after Steris now because he saved Marisai. It's time to save Steris. Only that's when he notices that Wayne is in trouble. There's a guy standing over Wayne who's bleeding on the ground. The guy's pistol is smoking. He's like, uh-oh. I do feel like this guy took forever to actually get around to trying to kill Wayne because Wax seemed to, uh, I don't know, just it's just like all the actions that Wax took to get there. Probably It probably was a lot quicker than it seemed, but it seemed like, Wax had to do a lot to get over there. Then this guy's just standing over Wayne, just like, hmm, am I going to shoot him in the spine or in the kidneys? Wasn't it the case that Wayne had to drop the bubble so he thought he was dead, but he just exactly. hadn't checked his vitals yet? Yeah, that's oh, yeah. what I was going to say. There's that, but, like, I mean, like, the, the actual gunman trying to kill him seemed to take forever to, you know, get to the get to it. I mean, the gunman shot him, and then the bubble dropped, so he thinks that Wayne's dead, theoretically, so he wouldn't have to shoot him again. He doesn't know that he you can use gold to heal himself. I mean, true. Just, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I was misreading. It just seemed like he was standing over Wayne, not doing anything the entire time Wax took to get there. 
Mm. And just have to scratch his head and figure out where he was going next. <laughs> He's looking around like, where'd that other guy go? Did, did I hear a heart <laughs> break? Maybe I should look for that. <laughs> and Wax is just like, death from above! <laughs> I thought you said, did I hear a heart break? And oh. I was like... <laughs> did someone's heart break when I murdered this guy? <laughs> Every day. I'll never forget him. He was my bandit friend. So... <laughs> Wax just like leaps off the balcony and gets makes himself light. And so he he gets over the chandelier, I guess, because then it says he throws all of his pushing into the chandelier. And no, I guess he doesn't get light. He gets heavy because he's in the air once he gets heavy. So it doesn't matter that he's heavier. You don't fall faster, whatever. So he rips apart uh, the chandelier crystals exploding outwards in a shower. But that gives him room to get to Wayne. He pushes against that harp that is behind him now to push out over the room. And he soars in a graceful arc across the room. And then, as he's falling through the air, empties six chambers into the guy. He really wanted to make sure this one was dead. This is the one guy we see him take more than two bullets on. He's just like, bam, 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 die! You hurt my friend. <laughs> yeah, like the guy the guy who took Marisai got a bullet to the arm. The guy who hurt Wayne took six. Yep. So... Really, given how many people he's killed, there should be plenty of guns lying around that you can use, dude. It's fine. And uh, Wayne brings up the bubble again. He's like, oh, damn it. Gut wounds hurt. And this is where he explains. It's like Wayne couldn't keep the band, the bubble up when the bandit was live. Then the guy would know that he wasn't actually dead. And people are used to metalborn, even though they're not super common. So if the bubble had stayed up, the bandit would have shot him in the head to make sure he was dead. Okay. I don't know. Is, it, is this the first time we come across the term metalborn? Maybe. Because like, I'd, is that? I mean, that's that's not Wayne's specific thing. It says he here he's a blood maker. So is Metalborn just what they call mistings now? Well, mistings or, or ferrochemists, I guess. Like anyone yeah. who uses metal for magic. But this is definitely the first time in this book we've heard the term Metalborn because when I search for it, this is its only appearance in the book. So okay, I'm assuming that's what it means is that anyone who can use metal in some way magically, right? Regardless of which power set it is, like Ferrochemy yeah. or Alamancy. Or both, I guess, but yeah. Yep, okay. So Wayne's type of ferrochemist who can use gold to heal himself is called a blood maker, which that's a, I, th- I feel like that's a really cool name. That's a good one. Yep. So he can store up health by spending time being sick and weak, sickly and weak. Which that would suck, though. Yeah. I guess it's a power, but it's a pretty high price to pay. Yeah, I think he told Wax that he spent like two weeks sick in bed, saving up health after Wax left. So that's not fun. This is his second bullet wound of the night. He thinks he has enough left to heal one more. And yeah, he's like, see, took me a good two weeks in bed to store up that much. Hope this girl of yours is worth it. Wait, girl of mine? Yeah, I saw how you were looking at her during dinner. You always did like him smart. He's like, dude, Leslie hasn't even been gone a year. And Wayne says, you have to move on eventually. I'm done with this conversation. Like, they're in the middle of a gun battle. <laughs> and they're talking about his love life. So yeah, it's just vanisher bodies lay strewn and about bones broken by Wayne's dueling canes. And uh, there's a few guys hiding behind tables for cover as if they hadn't yet realized that Wayne didn't carry guns. So there's six left. And Wayne's like, I brought down seven. How many, how about you? And Wax says 16, I think. I haven't been counting carefully. So what's that? 16 and seven is 23 and there's six left. That's 29. That's pretty close to what we... That's a little less than what we started with because there were like 30 some odd, right? 39 or something. Anyone else get like Legolas and Gimli vibes? Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> it makes total sense. Still only counts as one. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, it's really similar because Legolas even has the, the ranged weapon while Gimli uses uh, the up-close hand weapon. Oh, yeah. It really adds to the whole... Yeah, I totally thought of it. <laughs> really adds to the whole wax riding the platter like Legolas did. Yep. Although I guess Legolas really was willing to use uh, other stuff than his bow. Sometimes he'd stab people with his arrows or something. You can't you can't shoot them if they're too close up, obviously. Unlike with a he, gun. He had knives, I think. Yeah, well. I think you're right. As as a, an archer, you have to have something for when they get up close because you're kind of screwed. And then Wax is like, dude, it's not a competition, even if I am winning. Uh, <laughs> some guys got out the door with Steris. I shot the guy who took your hat. He lived, probably gone by now. She didn't grab my hat for me, he says, sounding offended. I was a little busy being shot at. Busy? Oh, mate, it doesn't take any effort at all to get shot at. I think <laughs> you're just making excuses on account of being jealous of my lucky hat. Oh, gosh. Uh, every time I read lucky hat, all I can think of Bart Simpson's lucky red hat. Yep. And I don't sense. know if we've actually gotten a description of what kind of hat Wayne was wearing, so I just assume it's a red cap. I, If I recall correctly, it's like a wide-brimmed... He, they call it Ruff's hat repeatedly, which I don't know what that means exactly. But it's got a wide brim, and Wax specifically mentions earlier in that la- the last section we read that like it's designed to like, fold up so you can get it small. Okay. Mm. But that's the information that we have about it, as I recall. Yeah. What are, what are those hats you wear in the snow with the ear flaps? Is that what they mean by folding it up? Hello? <laughs> so Wax says, I'm going to take the three on the left. You you go right. Let's get them. And I like as as Wayne runs and jumps, Wax pushes on his metal mines to send him further, flying towards the bandits across the room. And then he makes himself lighter and pushes on some nails to throw himself across the room. And Wayne just starts beating the shit out of guys with his canes. It says he hits one in the arm and smashes another one in the neck, which, ow, jeez. Wax throws his gun as he's falling and pushes it into the face of a guy and then uses the empty cartridge that Wayne had given him earlier as uh, an improvised bullet, slamming it into a guy's forehead and piercing his skull. So I like it says improvised bullet because that's what he's used to in my mind. It's like, oh, he's using it like a coin from the original series. Got it. Yeah. And he knows there's one more behind him, but he, he thinks he's doing it a little too slow. And then he hears a shot and he's like, oh, shit, I've been shot. And then says, what, by the survivor's scars? And he looks up, and Marisai grabbed a band, uh, a, a bandit, grabbed a rifle from the bandit that he'd crushed and clearly knows how to use it. So, yeah, it's like, hmm, so you're not just a student studying ju- criminal justice. Mm-hmm. Right? And then she shoots a second bandit. And Wayne's like, wow, I'm liking her more and more. Definitely the one of the two I'd pick if I were you. Which reminds Wax that, oh, there's another one. Steris, I need to go get her. And he notices that the boss's body is not there. So he's like, oh, wait, maybe that was Miles after all. Miles was a lawman, one of the best. Couldn't be facing him. But uh, some horses stood there with a large group of grooms that lay gagged and bound on the ground. It's harsh. The grooms, they didn't even do anything. I mean, yeah, but also they could have just shot them. So uh, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, but Steris and the bandits have disappeared. There is a large group of constables who are just now showing up. And he goes, great timing, chaps. And that's when we get into, I agree, it's a little bit stereotypical, this uh, Constable Breton. He says, I don't care yeah. who you are, how much money you have. You've made a mess, this whole thing. I mean, I, I guess it's a cliche that's still kind of 
like there's a reason it exists. Yeah. Because it is a you know, it is it is a common thing and in terms of storytelling, especially for this kind of story, it's like you need someone to push back and remind them, no, there is actually a system of law and order that you're ignoring by doing this, so Yeah. If you didn't have someone saying something, it would seem odd. Yeah. Yeah. Like you this isn't the roughs. You can't do anything you want here. You think you can just pick up a gun and take the law into your own hands? So they're in the kitchens with this guy yelling at him. And uh, Wax is like, look, man, I'm sorry. Old habits, you know, I should have restrained myself. But could you have watched women being kidnapped and not done anything? And he goes, I have a legal right and responsibility. And Wax goes, oh, I have a moral right and responsibility, Constable. And here's where we get our body count. The guy comes in and he goes, 25 dead, Captain. And Breton's like, do you see what you've done? If you'd kept your head down, these those innocent people would still be alive today. I could hang for this, this mess. And the other guy's like, no, I'm sorry, Captain. Uh, That's bandit casualties. 25 of them are dead and six captured alive. And he's like, oh, how many civilians were killed? Just one, sir, Lord Pateras. He was shot before Lord Ladrian started fighting back. And he pulls the guy off to the side and Wax just hears like some whispers or hushed con- bits of conversation. Like, you mean two men to come 31 by themselves? Yes, sir. Anyone else wounded? You know, broken bones, not too serious, bruises and scrapes. They were going to open fire. So this this is really a situation where this guy should be thanking him, probably. But he now he's made such a big deal that he's like, well, you're lucky. You got lucky is all that is. This could have been a lot worse. But you, you broke some bones with that alimantic stunt of yours. They'll be bruised egos and angry lords, and they'll come to me to complain. Really? That's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, this is the. This is like the that angry cop in Die Hard, and just like you're a little stunt. There's glass everywhere down here, and Bruce Willis is just like glass. Who the fuck cares about glass? <laughs> yeah, we, we got dozens of people covered in glass. Who gives a shit about glass? Put the other guy back on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Yep. Who doesn't love Die Hard? To be fair, though, my wife was not a fan. Actually, that I say that. Hans Gruber doesn't like Die Hard. <laughs> Or his brother. But he's part of the reason it's great. And the guy's like, look, I know all about you. I knew we were going to have to have this talk at some point. This is my city. I'm in charge here. And Wax is like, okay, so where were you when the bandits started shooting people in the head? Fair point. Oh, shit. Yeah, right? I'm about to ruin this man's whole career. And the guy's like, I'm not threatened by you. And Wax says, good. I haven't said anything threatening yet. And this is just like he's wax starts out the conversation just being like, you know, I'm sorry. You're right. I should have controlled myself. And then at some just like after the body count stuff comes out, he just stops giving a shit. It's like, I don't need to deal with you. OK, I'm too tired for this shit. Which is interesting. I need to go because, home and have my butler make me some wonderful tea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. It's funny that he's so tired. We know he doesn't sleep after this based on the next chapter. So. And the guy, the guy says, you keep a civil tongue or I have a, have, have a mind to toss you in jail for the night. He's like, okay, do it then. Maybe by the morning you'll find the other half of your mind and we'll be able to have a reasonable conversation. Damn. Just like. Just keeps going. You're not making a friend, buddy. Oh, no, he's not. And then the guy just leaves. He's just like, ah, can't deal with this anymore. And Wax thinks harmony protects us from small-minded men with too much power. Ain't that the truth? That's just, That's just like a motto for life. Maybe not the harmony part, because most people don't know what that would even mean. But right. the rest of it. So he goes out and uh, finds Lord Harms, who is not taking the loss of his daughter well. Fair. And Wayne, yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, we found out last time that he's not the biggest fan of his daughter, but that doesn't mean that, you know, he wants her taken by bandits. So Wayne hands wax a revolver. It's like, I figured you want one of these. It's one of the aluminum guns. He's like, yeah, I got it from the collection that the constables were making. Apparently there were 10 of them. Figured you could sell it. I spent a lot of Bendeloy fighting these gits, and I need money to replace it. I left a real – don't worry. I left a real nice drawing I did of in the gun's place. So I hope it was a drawing of a gun. That's what I, th- I was thinking. Like, a drawing of that gun. Yeah. <laughs> but it was real nice. So Given that he draws things in stick figures, I <laughs> – That's true. It's going to be a great drawing. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. It's like, it, it's not even a picture of a gun, a drawing of a gun. It's like a drawing of, like, two lines with a bullet coming out. <laughs> <laughs> this is a picture of the gun. And then below is a picture of me holding the gun as I ride away laughing. <laughs> On his talking horse. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, he also grabbed a bunch of bullets, aluminum bullets. And Wax is like, these are rifle bullets. And he goes, so? So they won't fit this revolver. Why not? Because? <laughs> I like how he doesn't further explain. It's like, they're not the same size. <laughs> it's just like, well, that's a dumb way to make guns. Yeah, kind of a dumb way to make bullets, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Most things about guns baffle Wayne, apparently, who is generally better off throwing a gun at someone than trying to fire it. I, I love that. That's a that's a great quality to have thrown in here about one of your main characters in your Western story is like, oh, no, he he can't shoot a gun for shit. He he, he should throw it at people rather than fire it at them. <laughs> he has better aim when throwing somehow. Uh, Wax does not, however, turn down the aluminum gun that he knows was just stolen from the cops. Traded, quote unquote. But uh, I like to imagine now, like. They op- they get these guns back, and they're like, okay, so we have ten guns in, uh, written down here that were collected. They start pulling them out. Sir, there's only nine, and uh, a picture of – is that a cat? I don't know. <laughs> uh, someone's left a child's drawing here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it appears to be a photograph of a man's penis. Oh, jeez. <laughs> It just says, Dear Freezer, and there's a picture of a butt. (laughs) (laughs) Lord Harms is just like, why would they take her? I mean, they'll let her go, won't they? They said they would. No, they haven't let any of the other ones go, have they? May I see the drawing, Constable? (laughs) 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 And Lord Harms is like, you have to find Asteris. I'll pay any price. I mean, she's your fiance, right? You have to find her. And Wax is thinking, yeah, I mean, it's funny how quickly someone goes from calling you a miscreant and a rogue to uh, being real nice when they want your help, huh? But he mm-hmm. promises that he will find her. And Marissa wants to get him to his carriage, and he's like, no, I, I just want to be by myself for a while. I, just let me go. I promise I won't leave without you, but I need some time. And Marissa is like, he wishes that you'd rescued her and not me. And Wayne doesn't care. He's like, so Wax, where was that guy with my hat? And he's like, I told you, he got away. Well, I thought maybe he dropped my hat. I mean, getting shot makes people drop stuff, right? Like, no, he still had the hat on when he left. Marissa's like, like, dude, it's only a hat. And Wax says he thinks it's lucky. And Wayne says, it is lucky. I ain't never died while wearing that hat. And Marissa's like, I don't know how to respond to that. And Wax says, yeah, that's a common reaction to Wayne. And he's like, where did you learn to shoot? And she goes, ladies target club at the university. We're quite well ranked against other clubs in the city. I don't suppose either of those fellows I shot pulled through. And Wayne says, no, you plugged them right. Good, you did. The one near me left brains all over the door. Oh, that wasn't necessary. 
Nah, you did a great job. Her brains are all over that door. It's perfect. <laughs> Wayne just goes, that's what happens when you shoot someone. At least usually someone has the good sense to get dead when you go to all the trouble to shoot them. And Wax says that the guy, Coloss blooded for sure, might have been a pewter arm as well. Which I wonder, I mean, we know even in the Final Empire days, they were called pewter arms. That was like the nicer word instead of thug, which was the more common term. I wonder if thug has also fallen out of parlance. <clears throat> yeah, thug. And so now it's time he can test his theory. He's like, was Steris an Alamancer? And Marisai says, no. And he goes, are you sure she might have been hiding it? And Marisai's like, no, definitely, 100%, I can promise you she's not an Alamancer or a ferrochemist. And Wax is like, I got I to gotta think this through. There's too much going on here. Uh, I'll bid you good night. I'm, I'm exhausted, and if I may be bold enough to say it, you look the same. I like he's very, he's very polite. It's nice. It's a very nice way of saying you also look like crap. Right, yeah. <laughs> and Wayne's like, so you're going to marry her cousin, huh? And Wax says, yep, that's the plan. And Wayne says, awkward. <laughs> uh, but once upon a time a brilliant beautiful intriguing young woman who was an excellent shot would have left him completely smitten now he barely gave it a passing thought and this is possibly my favorite part of the chapter actually so where he's like so where are you staying wayne like, i don't know i found this house where the folks who lives there is away but i think they might be back tonight left him some bread as a thanks <laughs> oh wayne my man that's that's ridiculous he's like i'll give you a room assuming you promise not to steal too much what? I never steal, mate. Stealing's bad. Might need to trade you for a hat to wear until I get my other one back, though. Do you need any bread? I wonder where he got the bread. Yeah, where is he getting all this bread from? <laughs> like, the drawing made sense. Like, oh, I can draw something for you as much as you want, but... Well, he, hang on, wasn't he posing as a waiter and stealing bread out of the bread basket? Oh, that's the... true. <laughs> but he, he couldn't have left that in the house that he's staying in because he hasn't been back there yet. Maybe he's lying about having already left it. He was intending to do it when he got there. Mm, yeah, maybe. That makes sense. Too many flaws in your story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you really have any bread. <laughs> Lies! <laughs> so we cut to the Marisai chapter, where she we come we come the next morning, and she's standing on the street outside of uh, the Ladrian Manor. The address is 16 Ladrian Place. That's that when you sense. know you're rich, yeah. <laughs> you live Not on your own but not rich enough to live at number one of his own street. Ah, okay, fair point. <laughs> Maybe that's Too not as nice a neighborhood. Yeah. Well, you know, it's Breeze's, it's Breeze's place. He's going to have the street named after him. <laughs> I'm surprised Breeze even went with his family name. Apparently he was never a big fan of it. Yeah. Maybe all Rian insisted. Or maybe it was like, you know, the... It was the... Uh, his like you know rich nephew or something that uh, yeah like the next generation kind of yeah thing. that started yeah. it and so she wants to go in there and offer her help but she's afraid that wax is going to think that she's just some silly girl with a hobby of law whatever who couldn't be any help to a seasoned lawman like him he is apparently a living legend it says one of her personal heroes a guy walks back past walking his dog and tips his hat to her and then gives a distrustful glance to Ladrian Mansion. Okay, I see how it is, random guy on the street. Apple trees in the front garden, city law established by the Lord Mistborn himself, required that even ornamental trees provide fruit. So no worthless plants in the Lord Mistborn city. So says Spook, king of the <laughs> land. <laughs> And so plants in the Ellendale Basin grow bountifully with little need for care or cultivation, which fits with what we read last time. 
a final gift of the survivor, his munificent touch upon the land. Really, the survivor? All right, if you say so. Okay. I don't think the survivor had anything to do with it, guys, but okay. <laughs> He's like, seized, make the land nicer, okay? Well, I guess, you know, Calciera had mare, and she had the picture of the flowers, so maybe he was like, well, make it nice. <laughs> She's standing out here remembering quotes from her professors in various classes. And finally, well, actually, like, oh. hang, sorry, before sorry. we move on, just a thought that occurs to me, a final gift from the survivor, even though Lord Mistborn uh, made the requirement. Well, Kelsier was following Spook around and Spook could hear him. So mm. Mm, true. That's true. And he's like, so says the survivor. What do you mean, Lord Spook? Um, just go. Do not question, Lord Spook. <laughs> Do not question, and call me Lesterborns, damn it. <laughs> she knocks the of the flames. Of the flames, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if anyone remembers him as the survivor of the flames anymore. Maybe he's, I mean, he's Lord Mistborn, apparently, so. Yeah, he's more powerful than survivor of the flames. Of course Lord Mistborn survived the flames. What are you talking about? <laughs> But uh, yeah, she knocks on the door, and the butler answers with dispassionate eyes, Lady Combs. Like, I was hoping I might see Lord Ladrian. And the butler raises an eyebrow, and she can just sense, uh, after a lifetime around servants such as him, trained after the ancient terrace ideal, that he did not approve. The sitting room is currently unoccupied. And I, I like, she even notes, like, there seems to be less art hanging here than there should be. Hmm. So she's read many reports of Waxilium Ladrian. His stories of his bravery had been part of what inspired her to study the law. That's nice. Discovering that he spoke like a gentleman had been a surprise. She expected gruff and stoic, and Wayne is a whole other story. Five minutes around, the two of them had destroyed years' worth of youthful illusions about the calm, quiet lawman and his intense, devoted deputy. Yeah, uh, that's uh, it's a different thing. And I like she's she's like wax had shown up when all the gunfire was happening in the middle of this tempest and saved her. How many days during her youth that she'd fondly dream of something like that happening? Okay, you got some interesting yeah. uh, interesting daydreams there. Yeah, she's got a bad. And and here's where the butler's like, I apologize. The master says he cannot spare the time to come down to converse with you. And then she's like, oh, and she feels all foolish and stuff. And then his lips turn down even further, and he's like, you are to accompany me to his study so he can converse with you there. Well, it's not like this room was her idea or something where it's like, I want to talk to him in this room. And he's like, sorry, he can't talk to you in this room. This was where the butler was like, hey, there's no one in there. Just go and wait in there. I guess the yeah. sitting room is probably where that sort of thing is supposed to happen when you have discussions with people. Right. And there's a funny bit here where if you have seen the U.S. cover, I don't know what's on y'all's cover of the book, but uh, the U.S. cover of the book has – wax with like goggles around his neck and uh wayne is holding a gun which is a whole other thing but uh and brandon has has some comments in the annotations where he's like so it kind of surprised me when they put like made wax look kind of steampunky on the cover since that wasn't really with his pair of extraneous goggles but to be fair i did put some goggles in the book so i guess i can't really complain it's interesting to me how often like you find out that authors have very little input on what ends up on the cover of the book. Bloody Dresden in his hat. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like he's always wearing a hat for some reason, even though he never wears a hat in the books. Huh. <laughs> I wonder if like after the first one came out, Jim Butcher like specifically was like, all right, he's never going to wear a hat. 
at, at, at some point he starts making fun of it in the books. Like he slips in these lines where Harry talks about how much he hates hats and he doesn't like things like on his face or whatever. Like he doesn't wear sunglasses either because he doesn't like stuff on his face. Right. I think it took like 12 books for that. It wasn't until changes that that happened. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she shows up and he's uh, he's got his coat and hat off to the side and he's uh, got his sleeves rolled up, his black goggles on and is holding up something with a pair of tongs. And he's like, oh, Marisai, come in, come in. Tillam, you can go. Yes, my lord, the butler said with a suffering tone. <laughs> and he's just like, check out my science outfit, girl. Yes. <laughs> I'm doing science. <laughs> Dr. Horrible. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got like a little Bunsen burner and he's got the flame kicking up and the tongs and stuff. Then he holds up a thing of, of clear liquid dirt. He's like, hey, does this look blue to you? And she goes, no, should it? He goes, apparently not. Huh. And he, eventually, uh, I like the, the paragraph. She was talking to a legend and he was wearing a pair of very silly goggles. And she, she's remembering the sight of him soaring through the air, gunshots exploding beneath him, chandelier shattering as he shot a man from midair and dropped to rescue his friend. When you say it like that, it sounds really badass because it was. But he is experimenting to find out what alloy is being used in his guns. They're not pure aluminum. There's something stronger and the grain is all wrong, but I've never seen this alloy before. And the bullets are apparently another alloy altogether. Got to test them. As a side note, I'm not certain if you appreciate the advantages you possess living in the city. And she's like, oh, I think I'm aware. He's like, I guess you probably are. But I was talking about how easy shopping is. If I out in the rust, if I wanted a burner that could reach these temperatures, I have to send for one and then wait for it and hope it wasn't damaged or broken when it got there. Now I can just like send out a list in the middle of the night and have this lab set up in a few hours. And he goes, you seem hesitant. Is it the sulfur? I need that to test the gunpowder. And I, I guess I should open a window. And uh, he tells her to call him Wax or Waxillium because uh, I have a rule. Saving my life entitles you to use my given name. That's fair. Mm. And so eventually he kind of gets her to like, come on, wh what's bothering you? And she's like, well, I mean, should we be really be alone in this room? It's like, why not? Is there a mass murderer hiding in the wardrobe? And she's like, you know, propriety. He's like, right, right. It's been so long since I had to even worry about. Never mind. I can call the butler back if you want. <laughs> And she's like, no, I just didn't want to put you in an awkward position. I'm sorry I'm making such a fuss. And he's like, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I had forgotten about all. It's really nonsense, you realize. Too much of high society is built around the idea of making sure you don't need to trust anyone. But yeah, okay, that's fair. Mm. And he says, if you remove trust from the relationship, what's the point of the relationship? And she thinks this from the guy who's marrying Steris for the her money. But whatever. Difficult yeah, not she, to feel bitter. She at least consented to it. It's not like he was doing it. Like, right? Yeah, she's getting of scamming the money. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a scam artist. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's like, give me all your. He's like, I I want to marry you for money. And she's like, yeah, that's cool. It's not like he's like, oh, I'm gonna take all this money and leave. <laughs> not only is it cool, she wrote up the contract. Yeah. <laughs> With the marriage contract. Man, so hot. <laughs> marriage contract. Woo. <laughs> she's like. <laughs> Do 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 something naughty. He's like, I didn't sign this page. Ooh. Yeah, I did. I initialed this addendum with somebody else's name. <laughs> you only stamped it four times. Yes. <laughs> you are correct. Technically You're technically correct. correct. The, best, the best, best kind of correct. But you finished with two seconds to spare, so I'm demoting you. A good bureaucrat <laughs> never finishes early. That's right. Uh, 
but they, he has they have a little bit of a discussion about metallurgy. He's trying to figure out the 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 alloy, and he thinks that maybe he's like I probably this is probably a tangent I shouldn't even be indulging in, but it's a hobby of mine, and I thought maybe I could use the the to this to track back where it came from since I know where the original shipment was stolen from. And he has this whole thing about alloys. Like, do you realize how remarkable alloys are? You take something magnetic and mix it with half of it with something non-magnetic and you get not half as magnetic. You get a whole new metal that is something completely different from the original two. And he's like, it works for men too. A tiny change can result in creating an entirely new person. How like metals we are. He's like, I'm sorry, what, what, what can I do for you? And she's like, actually, it's about what I can do for you. We know you don't have like a lot of money. So Lord Harms, I talked to him and he's willing to supply you with whatever you need. Bankroll you to try to find Steris. And Wax is like, oh, that's great, actually. Do you think he'd mind paying for all this uh, this stuff? He's like, no, of course not. Well, that's a relief. Tillum nearly fainted when he saw what I'd spent. I think the old man's <laughs> afraid we'll run out of tea if I keep this up. <laughs> so he's the source of employment for 20,000 people. He owns two or three percent of all the land in the city and uh, no cash. It's all in assets. Mm. Yeah, I know what it's like to be cash poor, man. I get it. I'm not liquid. Versailles. <laughs> I'm not liquid. <laughs> and they have a discussion where he's just like, you know, I'm, trying, we're, I'm thinking about the, the guys that, that clearly weren't professionals. I'm sorry, that probably doesn't make any sense to you. And she goes, no, 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 it makes sense. The way they were itching to shoot up the building, the way the boss let himself get goaded into shooting Pateras. He's like, yeah, so they're experienced thieves, but they aren't like refined at it. They're not good at it. They have some experience. They're not, I guess, experienced. And she says, a simple way to determine the type of criminals by who they kill and when, because murderers get hanged, while thievery alone can mean escaping death. So if those guys really knew what they were doing, they would have been very happy to leave without needing to shoot anything or anyone. So they're common criminals off the street, but with very expensive weapons, which implies an outside backer. And he's like, yeah, at first I was confused because I thought it was all about the kidnappings. But then last night they really wanted the stuff they were stealing. Which, given how much all that aluminum that they're carrying around is worth, like, they'd make more money turning that aluminum into cash than they would robbing, like, a bunch of people. It doesn't make any sense. Except, unless you have two groups, the bandits and the people who are backing the bandits. The backers want the people, the bandits want the money. Their conclusions, I guess, make sense here. Makes, uh, um... And what Marisai says, but that means... I mean, I was hoping that it was mostly over with because you counted just under 40 thieves originally and you guys killed 30 or so or incapacitated. And well, I was like, yeah, 31. Just just get it right. And, and I got most of them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's like, I mean, killing three quarters of a group should it be enough to disband them, one would think. And he's like, yeah, in my experience, it would. He's like, I've done this kind of thing before. So, yeah, usually that that's enough. But if the boss has a backer, then... They'll just go get more guys. They have a discussion about, is the boss the backer? Eh, probably not. He, you, the whole point is you want to distance yourself. That's why you hire all these guys. But he seems to have some sort of ideology because he was talking about payback. So they decide he's probably a middle manager sort of dude. <laughs> and Wax is like, you realize I spent all night coming to these conclusions and you got there in like 10 minutes? And she, she says, I had some modest help from you. And he goes, it might be said that I had modest help from myself, technically. Which, yeah, okay. <laughs> The voices whispering in, to you as a result of sleep deprivation do not count, my lord. As a sleep deprivation, that's ruined. He's back! Oh, shit! Yeah, no, you don't want that. Harmony, what are you doing? Come on. <laughs> so, then they get into the genealogies of the kidnapped women. 
we talked about before how they're all related to the Lord, the Lord Ruler, the Lord Mistborn, completely different dude, probably. Spook was Lord Ruler all along. You heard it here first. Um, I could say it. <laughs> and she's like, he's he's like, I think they're going for Alamancers. And she's like, Basteris isn't an Alamancer. He's like, yeah, that worried me, but it's not like a, a deal breaker because they're going after people they think are probably Alamancers. So you're bound to get it wrong here and there, right? Once they discover that she's not what they want, then she's going to be in danger. And Maris is like, that's why you stayed up all night. You don't think there's time. All for a woman he obviously didn't love. It was difficult not to be jealous. And she's like, oh, you have my genealogy. And he's like, yeah, I had to send out for it. Made some clerks quite angry in the middle of the night, I'm afraid. You're second cousins with Steris, but that makes you a sixth cousin to the main line here. So you're kind of an aberration. Like, why would they have picked you? you there were other women there who were actually closer to what they're going for. And so he's like, maybe you were someone intentionally chosen at random to break up the pattern and make it harder to see. And then he gets into, it's like, really, when you get down to it, Maybe I'm wrong about the Alamancy because it's this is high society. There's lots of connections. The, this isn't the only connection. And for that fact, if you're going after Alamancers, why would you want to pick women for your Alamancer army? That's yeah. a, it's really specific, which fits w- to me with what Dak was saying. It's like, hey, if they're going for Alamancers, maybe they're trying to trick, like get get to wax because he's a powerful Alamancer, right? I mean, he's still got to factor into it somehow. Mm. But I'll save that for predicaments. Okay. So it's like, yeah, the, I can't find anything that shows for certain that the other women taken were Alamancers either. So maybe the whole Alamancy is just a red herring here that I'm going after. And she's thinking, like, they're just taking women, tracing back to the Lord Mistborn, the most powerful Alamancer who ever lived, nearly mythological figure who's somehow, someone with all 16 Alamantic powers in one body. How powerful would he have been? It, it's spook. Uh, you know, Finn was way figure cool. out all the medals. Well, I mean, he he would have had all 16 powers even if he never figured them out. Yeah, I guess. It's true. But, like, people are aware that there were 16 powers then. Mm. Well, yeah, because, like I said, at the end of the book, says it's like, hey, I think he he says there's two metals. And at the time, when we read that, I was like, yeah, it's actually two metals and their alloys that are left. And uh, that's kind of a little mistake there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess it just it does, it would seem odd for it to be advertised there are 16 powers. And uh, Lord Mistborn's just like... Yeah, I don't know what they all are yet. <laughs> I'm the greatest Alamancer ever, but I don't actually know what, what all my powers are. Just don't look into that. Having look, seen, man, do like, I look like I'm wearing a science outfit to you? I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I don't know about the metals. I just, you know, I know what they do when I eat them. It's just <laughs> so weird having him called the greatest, like, Alamancer of all time of, in all of history when it's like, but, well, we knew Vin and Ellen and Kelsier, and they were way better than Spook. Yeah. Yeah. And other people who knew them were also around. It was like, was was there a point? It's like he, Lord Mistborn's up on his throne. It's like I am the greatest Alamancer that ever lived. In the back of the room, Breeze is going, "You suck." <laughs> <laughs> that, that Breeze wouldn't yell it out. He'd just be like, "You suck." <laughs> yeah, true. Mm. Meanwhile, Ham would probably just go, "What is greatness, really?" Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his long-suffering girlfriend is like, man, how many women have you had children with? Jeez. <laughs> well, he, he, they should have had the contract for how many dalliances he's allowed to have. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, come on. You you never loved uh, that chick in the first place, so. <laughs> I can't even remember her name now. It's bothering me. No, it was Orian. No, no, he's talking about Spook's El- girlfriend, right? El- oh, yeah, okay. and Eldry. also... 
Yeah, also, just because I don't like somebody doesn't mean I think they should be cheated on repeatedly. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Spook always said he knew why she was sad. <laughs> now he really knows why she... Maybe they broke up. I mean, that's... <laughs> I know why you're sad. doesn't have to have been cheated on her. <laughs> I know why you're I know, sad. Like... I just had my fifth kid, and none of them have been with you. I get it. <laughs> I know why you're sad. I am why you're sad. Yeah, exactly. You guys ever read the play No Exit? No. No. Sorry, this just reminds me of that it's like a, a Sartre play about these three guys or well, one guy and two women who end up in hell. It's where the term hell is other people like that expression comes from. Mm, yeah. Oh. And it's like th- they're just escorted into this room and left there. And what they what they eventually conclude is that they were specifically chosen to be put with each other because they torture each other. They hate each other and they do the work of like making this hell without whoever's in charge of hell actually having to do anything. Oh, so the good place. Yeah. Uh, but no, it reminded me of that because at first they all pretend that they're like, Oh, I, I must, it must be a mistake that I'm in hell because I was a really good person. And the guy says that he was, uh, he was a pacifist and he worked for a pacifist newspaper and then his country went to war and he refused to fight. So they killed him for it. And so he's like, that's not wrong. Is it? And then it turns out that, uh, his wife was like, just loves him so dearly and like pr- practically worships the ground he walks on. And he just is horrible to her and cheats on her constantly. And at one point it's like, I brought this woman home one night and uh, I'm sure like the walls in our place were not very thick and we were very loud. So I'm sure she heard us. And then in the morning she brought, my wife brought us coffee. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an asshole and that's why I'm in hell. <laughs> so the Lord Mistborn just cheating all the time. Yeah. Might've happened, but he could have also just broken up with her, you know, they don't have to be together forever. I'd like to think the worst of spooks. So. <laughs> <laughs> but so this is where Marisai realizes what she thinks is going on, which Wax has not twigged to yet. And she's like, Alamancy is genetic. And he's like, yeah, that's why we're looking at these like genealogical lines. And she's like, no, no, genetic. They're taking all women. Do you not see? They're not going to build an army of Alamancers. They're going to breed one. That's why they're taking the women with the most direct lines back to the Mistborn. He's like, by the survivor spear. Well, at least that means Steris isn't in immediate danger. She's still valuable, even without being an Alamancer. And Marisa's like, yeah, but if I'm right, she's in a different kind of danger. And Wax is like, yeah, actually, okay. We gotta, Wayne's never gonna let me live down the fact that uh, I didn't see this. And she goes, where is Wayne? And he says, "He's he'll be back soon. I sent him out to cause a little mischief. And that's the end of the chapter. So, yeah, okay. Let's, uh, let's do predigments. Uh, what do you think Wayne is doing should maybe be a predicament? And uh, maybe also, do you guys think that Marisai is right? Okay, hold on. I've got to switch devices here. Give me just a second. Okay, cool. I just, I like all of these, like, things that they say. It's like, we had Harmony's wings and, or no, Preservation's wings and Harmony's forearms. And I was like, by the survivor's spear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't wasn't the spear a symbol of the Church of the Survivor yeah. in the original trilogy? It's like it, it makes sense because of that, yeah. But yeah. it's it's still bleak. Well, and at the time they were like, really, that's the symbol of the Church, the spear that killed him. Like, you got to be able to come <laughs> up with a better symbol than that, right? All right. So, um, what do I think Wayne's up to? I don't know. Uh, I, I I honestly can't think of a thing that Wax would have him do snoop around i guess that seems to be his his forte so maybe he's looking for more information about 
the vanisher somehow in town i don't i don't know that's it's kind of a i don't feel like i have enough information to make a good guess on that so yeah um what do i think is going to happen next i think they're going to be able to uh, i think first of all kind of what i said last time is they've got to figure out how the vanishers are vanishing like how they're accomplishing now in this last time they just kind of retreated on horseback or whatever so i want to say like that's not necessarily an escape that they have to be super concerned about but they've got to be able to find them somehow so some way of tracking them down but something that's been brought up a couple of times and i kind of agree with is like the constables don't seem to be on the spot like ever when this stuff is happening and it's like even if you have even if it is unsafe in the city like more unsafe than it is in the roughs if you've got constables like surely somebody can get there so i think maybe there's some kind of corruption in the con in the constabulary that's basically somebody's palms are getting greased or something's happening where they're not like showing up immediately but maybe not well, uh, we also don't have like phones or anything, so it's well, sure, but if like using the party as an example, if they take they took the they took the party from all the doors and like got the guys from the kitchens inside, so no one was there to run for the cops, basically. So who knows how long it took for word to somehow make it to the to the constables? I guess that's pretty convenient though to basically say like they covered all the doors and nobody outside thought anything looked suspicious when all of these men surrounded this building. Mm. So, like, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense in that aspect. And then what's more intriguing to me is, like, making this Miles connection. Like, so if it is this guy, Miles, that he thinks it is, you know, we we speculated a little bit about what maybe his powers are. But um, it seems pretty clear that his motivation is that he doesn't, like, basically from the one or two lines that that guy said, he's like, he doesn't like the city people. So that could be, I mean, honestly, that could be motivation enough to do something, uh, to do what he's doing. Basically, they're going to try to create some kind of power house out in the roughs, maybe. I don't know if that's if that's what if that's where he's planning, if that's where he's going back to. So that's that's something that I I'd be interested to know more about if it is the same guy. If it's not, uh, the, we've obviously still got a guy that's like doesn't like city people so and so we've got that we've got kind of the the mystery of like if it, uh, my, my question now is like if they are using these women to create more misborn like who who, who are these women have being forced to mate with like I, that's a weird way to put it but you know what i'm saying like who are these women being forced to have sex with to have children so that's that's another piece that i'm just kind of like what so yeah that's that's really all i got that's a good question it's like you would think that if they're trying to create alamancers by going back to like this original powerful line of alamancy then you would want men from that line too right or from some equally powerful alamantic line which apparently there isn't one because lord mistborn was the most powerful alamancer in history quote unquote so hmm. all good thoughts okay so what's wayne up to wayne's causing some mischief I had sort of thought that maybe Wax had sent him to figure out what Miles had been up to, maybe exploring sort of that side of his hunch. I don't know how much mischief he'd get up to in that, but I'm sure Wayne would find something, how many things he can trade, I don't know. 
But yeah, I don't, I don't know what else he would be doing. I mean, I guess you wouldn't want to be causing a whole bunch of disruption at the moment, but some kind of investigation for sure. I sort of had a thought about Marisai. First thought was that she was chosen to be taken because she was seen with wax. So it wasn't necessarily mm. Steris. Like, yes, Steris is the one they were looking for, but then, oh, we'll take another one, we'll take this one because the leader does have an issue with Wax personally and sort of missed the whole thing that Steris and he were to be engaged, but because those two were talking, so maybe she was targeted because of Wax. There's also more going on with her. I mean, we're not – I'm not jumping straight on the she's the bad guy wagon, but – she definitely knows more and has more skills than she's willing to let on. She kind of only reveals them as she wants to or needs to. You know, she went very quickly from, oh, I'm not really sure what to do with this gun to being a pro. I also don't think we've explored whether she has any alimentic ability because she's sort of removed from the line. Mm. Even if she's in the line, she's further out. But I, I don't think that question ever really got raised. It was all very much of, is Steris an alimenter? Mm-hmm. It's true. But they, they were going to take her. So I don't know. I'm guessing that she probably does have some kind of alimentic ability. Perhaps it's one of the ones we don't know about yet because she's in that line. But, yeah, I don't know. She, I, I think she's got more involvement than, than what I think we're being led to believe at the moment. It's a bit like, you know, how um, – People who commit arson tend to be the ones that are there at the discovery or something like that. They like so maybe she's involved with the the law and order because she's secretly a criminal mastermind. I don't know. <laughs> Bold, okay. Like how you're like I'm not on the the necessarily the mayor size the bad guy thing, but maybe she's a criminal mastermind. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think she's the master at this stage. I don't think she's the mastermind behind it, but. Perhaps she's got an involvement. Maybe she knows some people in the crew or something. I, I don't know. I just feel like she th- there's definitely more to her than we know about okay. at this point. That, that That's fair. I, d- I do have to point out for the audience, I think every single time any of us has been like, maybe so-and-so is the evil secret mastermind behind it all. It's always been like wrong it's like maybe yeah. it maybe ishin or uh was was that her name eshin. from eshin thank you was the yeah. secret mastermind or maybe uh who's the guy in in emperor soul yeah true okay yeah. well we've just confirmed then that, that she's totally <laughs> um i'll come up with a new theory next week no well maybe that's no, just way of stopping yourself yep yeah this is that whole Orient is the hero of ages bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, I just I, I I'm just liking that every time now we're like maybe there's a secret evil mastermind. It's the best thing that we're constantly on the lookout for that at this point. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna turn out that Wax is the secret evil mastermind. Actually, no one is expecting that. It's it's gonna turn out to be the talking horse. <laughs> it's like. Uh, but how could you possibly know it was the dog? Well, you just give the dog shifty eyes so people will suspect the dog. <laughs> oh, classic. <sighs> okay, so as far as what Wayne is up to, I feel like you know, he's a... Like, Wax and Wayne are both good law keepers, and they know that you need to chase down leads. 
So the only leads they have at the moment is some of the crooks survived the gun battle. And Wayne has a habit of just being able to get into places that he really shouldn't be. So I feel like Wayne is going to go and try and infiltrate the lockup where they're keeping the other, like the surviving crooks. Oh. And, um, and, and have, and have a conversation with them and, and try and get information out of them, whatever he can get. I don't know what's going to result in that. And I'm sure he'll probably piss off the police in some way because <laughs> it just seems to be what he does. And these police are easily offended. So mm. I think that's, yeah, that's where Wayne's Wayne's going to go at this stage. As for everything that's going on, I'm, I'm looking real hard at miles. If it, like if it is him, I'm pretty sure it is. You know, not like we really have any other candidates for who it could be. And just thinking like yeah how per- like how personal it seems to be between him and Wayne because they know each other he didn't seem surprised that Wax and Wayne were starting the fight so i feel like he's yeah he sort he sorted out deliberately because he knew Wax at least would be there and when he was talk when he was talking about how you know people shit on the roughs and like high society doesn't care about them i'm like is miles like a reverse kelsier sort of figure he's like he's the criminal trying to lead the uprising against the upper class mm. You know, give, given how that's how Final Empire went, this could be interesting. It's like, oh, we're seeing really the other side of that of when criminals try and upset law and order and like their drag and how many people they're going to drag under who really are innocent of the whole thing. That's an interesting take. Huh. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Like, I don't know who the backer is, but I keep coming back to Bloody Tan um, from the mm-hmm. prologue and mm-hmm. everything he was everything he was banging on about how, you know, he saw God, he saw death, someone else moves us. So, and so that's really stuck with me. I think there's got to be some religious or like mystical aspect to what's going on. Like whoever the ultimate villain is of this book is like, they're being motivated by, yeah, some, some higher cause or some misinterpretation of a higher cause in like, in some way i don't quite know how because i can't figure out what the hell tan was on about but yeah i think that's that's got to be a part of it and then whoever's doing it is manipulating miles who genuinely is trying to bring law and order to the roughs and i think in miles's head having a misborn army is means you'll just have a very effective lawkeeper army hmm. but whoever's backing miles is going to use this like is going to use these alamances for their own ends and i don't know what those are yet yeah, I mean, if we don't have any other candidates besides Miles at this point for who's in charge of the bandits, we definitely don't seem to have any candidates for who's in charge of the secret behind him. Yeah, it, yeah. It's Tillam, obviously. <laughs> so uh, He's trying to corner the market on tea. It's it's funny that you're like, yeah, I mean, it's probably Miles because we don't have anyone else that could be. It would be weird if you had like three different times where Wax is like, is that Miles? That might be Miles. And then Miles isn't actually related to the story in any way. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's brought it up too much now. It's like, okay, even if it's not Miles, Miles has to be important. And I don't know who else it could really be at this point because there just haven't been that many characters to. Yeah. All right, if you if you set it up to be one character, and then it turns out to be another character, you have to set it up set up the character who it turns out to be. Otherwise, you're just like, oh, it's just some random dude we've never seen before. It's gonna be Miles's twin brother Giles, and uh, that's <laughs> why it sounded so similar. Miles' younger brother, Meters. <laughs> okay. No, I like those. That's some interesting I like I like this whole concept of like a reverse on the, the, the Kelsier that just like leads to so many possible story paths in my head. That's kinda cool. 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a cool idea. Okay, I guess. So for next time, we'll just hit on that real quick. Chapters 8, 9, and 10. So three chapters for next time. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. la da And I don't know if any if you guys looked at all or noticed, uh, glanced at the uh, the next newspaper page that we're getting that's coming up before the next chapter. But uh, I think it has one of the headlines may uh, may strike Dax fancy when it oh, says. Oh, yes, I, I saw that. Yep. It's for the audience. It says Iron Eyes sightings on the rise. So, the faceless immortals save my life. Well, it says immortals. Yeah, that I think that's a, that may be a different article actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's because the faceless immortals. Those are those religious sect that put miles on. Uh, put not miles. Put wax on the path. Yeah. He says that he thinks the person who gave him his earring was one of the faceless immortals, Harmony's hands, or something mm. like that, is what he says. That's right. Right. So we'll get into that, and actually the the text of that article is kind of interesting, so we'll talk about that at the beginning of the next one. But I just wanted to – that one headline, I it shows up at the end of this chapter, like right underneath the text for me. So it, it was just right in front of me as we were reading, so I had to point it out. Yep, fair. So yes, three chapters for next time. We do not have any – emails or views that we need to go over so nothing we need to do there we are now 30 or 41 percent of the way through this book according to my kindles so we are making a lot of progress we're almost halfway there probably i imagine after the next set of chapters we will be halfway through the books so fun 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 yeah sweet actually which chapters did i say for next time so seven eight or eight nine and ten yeah we will be 55 percent of the way through after this wow Yep, fun times. So, for everyone, if you would like to send us some emails, the address is thesanderlinch at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and places like that where things happen on the internets. The internets. I I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> in my head, I was going to say internet or interwebs, <laughs> and then it, a P showed up in the word for some reason. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Find us on the internets. It's it's a great place. Lots of fun. Music by Miracle of Sound. And wasing to the time of next. Colo? When we lose everything that defines us, can we hold to the promise that binds us and carry on into tomorrow's sorrow? When we're facing the ghosts of our